Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to Seven Fifty-Five is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I am with my co-host, as usual, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's up, Eric? How you doing, man? This baby business is catching up to me. <laughs> baby bill. Oh shit. Uh- yeah, sleep. How's I don't know this how dudes come- do it when they're playing. I bet that I mean they probably just go to sleep. But like Freddie right now with two twin with uh, two not yeah. twins but two kids like uh, months old, six months old or something. Yeah, Eight. even even if you got help, I think you still. I mean, you're still hearing them cry at night. Yeah, probably happy to go on the road and get some sleep. Well, Snit has Snit has made that comment before. You know why the team plays so well on the road. And he said, you know, with a lot of young, especially if you have a team that's got a lot of young married guys that are especially yeah. having kids, starting to have kids, which the Braves usually do. They have, they just tend to have guys that just got married or haven't been married long and are having and have young kids. He said, there's just a lot less distraction on the road. Yeah, yeah, and you know, with with COVID now, I'm sure they can't go out like they used to because that used to be kind of the threat. Is yeah, you get out and go kind of crazy on the road, go out to dinner, have some drinks. You're out too late, but yeah. I think now, I mean, guys are probably just getting their sleep. Yeah, no, well, nobody's going out to bars until 2 in the morning, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> so, anyway, um, the Braves are had an off day Monday because you could sit back, catch your breath before what's going to be a grind coming up. Well, ease into it with a three-game series, home series against the Rockies who are, as we've talked about, a different team at home than they are on the road. They're far less formidable on the road. They're pretty bad on the road. Although they just took uh, three out of four from the Phillies, you know, which is what helped vault the Braves back or helped increase their lead back to four and a half games. So obviously you take them lightly, look past them like the Phillies probably did, you can lose for sure. And, and, you know, it all depends on the starting pitcher so many times. I mean. Gotta you can't take any team win. lightly. I mean, and that, that's where you get in trouble. I felt like I always pitched against the really good teams better, you know, because you'd have the Pirates or Marlins come to town and you'd, there wasn't that adrenaline rush when you came in and all of a sudden there's runners yeah. on first and second, no outs, and you're kind of in trouble. And that can happen as a team too. You take a team lightly, they put up a five spot in the first, your starter thought he was going to cruise and all of a sudden there's some pressure and, and you weren't ready for it. But every team in the majors can play, man. The uh, with 20 games left, the Braves were in first in the East, four and a half ahead of Philly, five and a half ahead of the Mets. Hey, we might have we might have thrown the dirt on the Mets too soon. I still have, think they have no chance, really, but they're staying alive. I'll give yeah. them back, I'll give them credit for that. And it's too late for Lindor to turn his season around, obviously. But the three homer game that he had, it's like 
where has that been? I mean, I have waited for this guy forever to get going again because I've, you know, like I said, I thought he was top 10 player in baseball coming into the season, you know, when the Mets get him. And I thought he'd be a game changer or potentially. So, but he had a three homer game against the Yankees. Uh, that talk about World Series atmosphere. That place had some serious playoff atmosphere going for that yeah. series. Well, and both teams are in it. You know, I mean that that yeah. series is pretty crazy, even when one team's out of it, because they yeah. always try to get it going late September, or late August. But when both teams are in it, you got just such an atmosphere because it's short drive for Yankees fans. You know, if it's at City Field and, and vice versa, but. When they're both in it, man, it's it's insane. And if you thought there were a lot of Yankee fans at uh, Truist Park, man, the Yankees number of Yankee fans at City Field that yeah. were able to get tickets, they'll scoop them up and get over there and watch them. They're cheaper there, I'm sure, too, at City Field, although they're not cheap. Yankee Stadium, their tickets are for most of the park are just ridiculous. But so yeah, so the Mets are still hanging in there, but they don't get uh, you know Degrom is just starting to throw. I mean, he's not going to be a factor. So, uh, if he was, if he was healthy, yeah, maybe things are different. Maybe they got a real chance, but I wonder if he could pitch by the wild card game. Cause if they, they're only three and a half back of the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I thought the, uh, I thought the second and third place teams in the East would have no chance, but they do. Both of them are still yeah. in the wild card race. Yeah. So a lot of that due to the fact that the Padres have kind of fallen apart. Padres have fallen Padres. off. We thought the Padres would be, you know, not far behind the Dodgers and Giants. Or we thought or that was going to be the battle was Padres Dodgers, right? And the Giants would be third, yeah. if that. Yeah. But but even after the first couple of months of the season, you still thought the Padres would be, you know, well, the second and third place teams in the West would be the, the wild card winners. So, but Padres had injuries and they're just not playing well, man. So. Yeah. That uh, the Braves are going to get them at a good time, I think, unless they get hot again. But I'm not expecting that. No, but it's you know it's a tough place to go. I, yeah. The thing I'm looking at is I feel like there should be a cap. On, like you should get a buy in the wild card if you have a 15 game lead. Yeah. I mean yeah. the year. What I think we played the Cardinals in it one year and we had 10 more wins than them. You know, you, yeah. you grind all season, get an extra 10 wins, and you wind up going home after one game. But you know, luckily for the Dodgers, if they play in that thing, they got Scherzer. But they got a 16 and a half game lead right now over the over the Reds for the second spot in the wild card. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um now that Kershaw's back, I mean, provided yeah. he just stays healthy, that rotation for a playoff series. Oh my be god. Tough. Oh my goodness. They are. And, and yet the Giants still ahead of them. A couple of games ahead of them. And uh the Giants. The Braves are in a good position, I think, considering uh, barely a week ago, we were looking at the the lead. Uh, one and a half. Going to one and a half games over to Phillies. And the Phillies, that was for the Phillies, stumbled, got beat late in the game by the Rockies. Uh, ninth inning, the two home runs in the ninth inning. And the Braves won that night and it hasn't been the same since. So, But Atlanta won consecutive series against the Nationals and the Marlins. I know I said I thought they needed to go 7-2 on this trip at home. Uh, they're not going to do that probably unless they sweep the Rockies. But, hey, I, bottom line, if you win series, you got a real good chance of getting where you want to be if you just win series. I just know. win series. That's all anybody talks about. Yeah. You know, even uh, most teams, they talk about, you know, splitting on the road yeah. and winning at home. So, 
splitting yeah. a four game series too, yeah. and winning three games. Splitting series. a road trip, you know, you go on a six game trip. If you can just muster yeah. three and three and do your damage at home, you're usually in good shape. But they keep winning series. Yeah, I think coming up on this, it becomes an 11 game trip in 10 days. Even though the one is just the resumption in the bottom of the fifth, and the Braves are losing five four. I think it is San Diego, and that's only seven in game, so it's only going to add an inning and a half to their day, but. That game, the results obviously will go right into the standings. I think on this 11-game trip, they probably need to go, sure, you want to go 7-4, and 6-5, and five, but I think if they went 5-6, and six, I think yeah. they'd be all right. Because then they come home, I think they'd be good to go. 6-5 and five would be you know, way better. But, I mean, at the West Coast, man, going to the West Coast this late in the year after just coming back from it, yeah, it's a it's hard to explain kind of what that does to your sleep schedule and your body, but having back to back trips to West Coast is tough. And it's gonna, gonna it's gonna be, be a hard trip. I think at least by the end, San Diego, maybe their bodies will have adjusted, adjusted. to it and all that because yeah. they're gonna be out there for eleven days this time, 10, 11 days. So with that thing in the middle against Arizona, hopefully Snit reminds them what uh, Arizona did to the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies have got to be kicking themselves because if they look at what they did against Arizona when they went out there and got swept, I think it was, yeah, swept like three three weeks ago, and then losing three out of four to the Rockies. If they just have those seven wins, oh yeah, you know, are four four wins in those games. So, yeah. and those are two really bad teams that ultimately could decide their fate. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up during this stretch for the Braves, 10-day stretch starting Thursday. The Braves have an 11-game trip. San Francisco, Arizona, San Diego. 10 games plus the resumption of that suspended game. While the Braves are out on the West Coast, the Phillies are going to be playing a stretch that has three road games against the Mets. Mets are a lot tougher now than they were a few weeks ago. Yeah. Followed by seven home games against the Orioles and the Pirates. So Yeah, you got to play well if they got that lined up for them. They got the Cubs right now, though. The Cubs have been hot. Yes, they have been. Which is nice. Rossi's got him maybe got him saving his job. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at it, look at all the guys they traded. Yeah. Yeah, it took him a while to get the new ones <laughs> reassimilate, <laughs> re- reconfigure. Um, speaking of the Giants, last night, they just destroyed the Padres and Hugh Darvish. Uh, became the first team to clinch a playoff berth, although obviously they're aiming much higher than a playoff berth, but they're already in. 94 wins now. Darvish lasted four innings, gave up eight earned runs, three walks, six hits, including four homers. Is this guy, can he go more than anybody else from looking like the best pitcher in the league to looking like garbage? And, and I mean, he just, he, he has... He has some games where he strikes out like 10, 11 guys and his stuff just looks ridiculous, filthy. Yeah. But then other games where he just gets rocked and it's like a lot, happens a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't like him in a big game just for that reason. You know, I mean, 
I think there's a lot of guys that struggle in San Francisco because it's cold. And if you're a warm weather pitcher, you know, going from San Diego to San Francisco, it's, it's a lot different. Atmosphere, yeah, chilly, different, different, chilly and foggy and all that. He's Damn. definitely hot and cold. I mean, he kind of reminds me of like the hitter version of Justin Upton. When Justin Upton's locked in, there's no better hitter in the game. It's bad speed, yeah. everything. You feel like he's going to hit a homer every time. But but Justin goes through spurts, too, where it's like. Strikes out every other bat. Every other plate appearance. Yeah, and there's just guys like that, you know. I mean, that just shows you, you know, how much of a mental game baseball is. Because Darvish never goes out there throwing 91. He's got the 97 yeah. every time. He got like got, seven pitches. Got seven great pitches, but you know, it's it's a matter of competing. Might have too many pitches. Yeah. See, I mean that that for me, it it gets out of hand sometimes when you have that many. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you got a slider, a cutter, and a curveball. You can kind of get caught where they all blend together and neither none of them are real, real sharp. And they kind of start, you know, your, your slider kind of turns into more of a cutter and your cutter turns more of a slider. And then you kind of you think you're mixing it up, but you're really giving the hitter a lot of the same looks versus just having, you know, three, three quality pitches that are all locked in and, and different looks. Yeah. So the Giants are the only NL team with more homers than the Braves. But the Giants' 217 homers came in 144 games. They've played two more games than the Braves, and the Braves have 214. So they're basically identical in terms of homers per game. These these are these teams hit it out of the park, man. Giants are second in the league in runs behind the Dodgers. Braves are just a tick behind the Giants in runs per game. Giants lead the NL with a 768 OPS. The Braves are third at 754, right behind the Reds. Think about the Giants' offense, their team in general, has been how consistent they've been. I mean, we everybody kept waiting for them to slip. I think people have stopped waiting now. They've obviously – people have convinced so, they're for – yeah, they're for real. I still obviously. expect the Dodgers to somehow win that division, but, but it's been, been that crazy all how consistent they've been. Yeah. And the Braves couldn't get over 500 to like 110 games, almost 110 games. The Giants' worst month this season, 15-10. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? They've been great all year. They're, they Let's, do something with with their hitters that's – I mean, I'll, I think if they keep this up, you know, it'll it'll catch on. But they hit off of high-speed pitching machines or something and, and, and hit on the field off of really nasty curveballs. And they I think they use the machines to kind of mock the pitcher they're going to face that night. And it's kind of mm-hmm. – you know, it's kind of a, a debate with old-school players because they're like, you know, you want BP to be easy. You want to just get in yeah. your groove and get locked in. But – yeah. It's hard to argue with their results. I mean, I saw Tommy Lestella go dead center last night. Yeah. At that park. You know, that I mean, guy that's has a transformed big park. Himself, man. He's a good player. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if that kind of catches on around the league, but you can't argue it's it's working for them. This Braves team, obviously, in the past two months, has been a far, far, a different and a far better team, far better than they were before the trade deadline. Lineup is so much deeper. Uh, bullpen is so much deeper. Although Rich Rodriguez lately, ugh, um, they are they're more st- the lineup is just so much more formidable because you got four or six guys going at once now, and you've got we've talked about this one through eight can literally can take it out of the park at any time. Whereas you know for the first hundred games or so, they never had more than like two, maybe three guys going at once. And there just wasn't a lot past that like fifth, sixth spot in the lineup most nights. Since the break, the Braves lead the NL with 91 homers. And again, they've played fewer games. 
91 homers, six more than the Giants in two fewer games. Thanks since the break. And the Braves have a 767 OPS compared to their 747 OPS before the break. 20 points, pretty decent difference I, there. And that was with Acuna on the team yeah. for, you know. I think it's long. just the at-bats. I mean, I just think, you know, all the guys they brought in have really good quality at-bats. And, and all through the lineup, you're, you're not seeing too many guys come up and just give away an at-bat in a big situation. Even if a pitcher happens to get out of it, they're making them work every time. You know, I think that's that's something a lot of guys probably see from Jock, you know, being on that Dodgers team. But we saw it last year in the playoffs. Yeah. When the Dodgers beat the Braves, it was just tough at bat after tough at bat, grinding the pitcher down, and eventually they put up that big number. Yep. But it's it's the whole game that, that pitching staff's having to work. You know, you're not seeing too many starters just blow through them. The Giants 3.26 year. The big difference between these teams is pitching, obviously, not offense. Yeah. Brace can Brace can hit with them. Uh, Giants have a 3-2-6 ERA. It's the second best in the majors behind the Dodgers, who have 2-9-4 ERA. Braves are 13th at 4.0, although they've been much better since the break. Since the break, the Giants have a 3-2-6 ERA. They had exactly the same ERA in the first half and the second half. They're tied with Milwaukee for second in the majors behind the Dodgers since the break. Dodgers have a 2-6-1 ERA since the break. And, oh, yeah, they just got Clayton Kershaw back. Brace are fourth. Be tough. <laughs> yeah. Brace are fourth in the majors since the break with a 3 5 9 ERA. A lot That's better solid. than they were yeah. before the um Braves went from 4 2 7 ERA before the break, which was 16th in the majors, to 3 5 9 since the break. Uh Giants starters, 3 4 3 ERA, third in the NL. Braves rotation has a 3 8 6 ERA. It's tied with Cincy for sixth. Brace starters have been solid, except yeah. for that fifth spot. Fifth spot all season has been a problem. You had, you know, you had you've plugged in guys who've had one or two good starts. Tukey was great for a couple of starts. Uh, Moeller was good for a couple of starts. Tucker Davidson had a good start, but nobody has been able to consistently pitch well in that fifth spot, and they've been trying to plug it all year. Yeah, Good that's what is, I'm know, wondering about the Giants. Have they had a pretty healthy staff? Yeah, pretty consistent quite, staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have been. Yeah, they have. Their, their rotation has been pretty solid all year, healthy. Um, the uh, the good thing is you're not going to need that fifth starter for the playoffs, obviously. Right, right. So take him out, and you look at the first four. Braves, I think, can go toe-to-toe with anybody except maybe the Dodgers with just rotation, just one-to-one, two-to-two, three-to-three. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the Braves' rotation in the first four with uh, – Enoa's looked much better lately. Uh, Anderson looked great that last start yep. out. And then your top two with Morton uh, has looked great all year, and he's a different animal in the postseason too. So I'm expecting him once again to be great in the postseason. And then Freed has been their best, the most consistent pitcher for the last like uh, two months. Yeah. He's been terrific, man. He's got ERA's around two. Uh, Freed is going six innings basically every start now. He's really – he's gotten past. He's got a couple of nagging injuries early. Stayed healthy and it's gotten really consistent. So, and they're through the worst part of the season when those blisters might flare up in the summer. You know, when it gets yeah. wet. And so, knock on wood for him. Uh, it looks like he's past that for the for the season at least. Uh, but that's the, the the bullpen is the separator for the two. Um, Giants lead the majors with a three point oh two ERA. Braves are nineteenth at four point two four. 
Now it's been a lot better lately, obviously, but that's that's the I mean that's a big difference there. You're talking about 1.2 ERA but difference between the two of them. Yeah, nothing. So, those games are going to be decided too. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, that's in the playoffs. It's if you got that lights out bullpen, you got enough. You got the he- the edge. Reds uh, look good coming back. Rich Rod should, struggled a little bit. Rich Rod, yeah. The again, it's going to help them having a normal postseason with with de- uh, travel days. Yeah. Last year they played a five game series, seven game series straight through with no travel days at a neutral site. So the bullpens were would have been you had to have good bullpen last year, and you had to have four starters too. So, um, but uh, for five game series, but the uh, Braves bullpen, I thought it was. I thought, man, if you just keep them right here, and of course that usually doesn't happen like that. But now that they're kind of in a little bit of a lull with uh, a couple of guys, you get they got time to get it back. Rich Rod's got time to get it back because it's not right at the postseason, but. Man, he went from being, you know, you talked about how he's got basically one pitch. He throws that fastball, um, but he usually can get on top of guys with it. But he's given up four homers in his three last three appearances, and not just four homers. Three of them were go-ahead homers, go-ahead yeah. solo homers. Well, it's hard because you don't want to take that aggression away. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Snit said it pretty well, you know, his last time. He just said, you know, you got to have something to get him off that fastball. And a lot of times, you know, hitters are almost shocked when you keep challenging them. And that, yeah. that plays into his hand because he just keeps coming at him with his fastball. And, and it just it's got some kind of ride or spin to it where it, it consistently beats him to the spot. But the tough thing for him is the day you don't have it when you're always pitching in one run tie games. Yeah. And it's hitters know it's a fastball. I mean, it's what Juan Soto gets on top of your heater. There might not be anything wrong with it. I mean, it's hard to right. it's hard to make changes or adjustments after that. It's one of the best hitters in the game, but you know, it's he doesn't really have any room for error on in a one run game to find out. You know, I don't have that sneaky heater today. Maybe it's a little flat. You know, because when you're only selling when you're only throwing fastballs and they get a chance to sell out and it doesn't have that life to it, mm-hmm. it's probably in the seats. So I, it. I don't know if, you know, if he's gone with strictly fastball because it just keeps working or if he just doesn't have confidence in a breaking ball, but he could definitely use something to to get him off it because guys are starting to see it. And I mean, it's not like he doesn't have a second pitch. He does. He just doesn't throw it much, but I mean, you can make that adjustment. Uh, if you've been around like he has, can you, can you do that in the middle of a season like this? Can you, can you? Yeah. Can you, well, and yeah. even, you know, like for, it's actually a lot of the guys in the pen. You see the, the the smart teams come up and sell out to that pitch, like against Luke Jackson. They just sit slider. And you'll mm-hmm. see him throw a fastball right down the middle, and they're an hour late on it. Same with Will Smith. You know, it, it turns into a guessing game where they know you're kind of going to go to it a majority of the time. But if you can just throw it in a wonky count, you know, if you could throw a, a fastball yeah. when you're ahead in the count, in a slider count, and just get them off it a little bit, it, it, it makes that pitch so much better. I mean, that's what... Joey Votto did that to Will Smith. He came up yeah. and sat slider. And the first pitch slider, get me over. You think you're getting a free strike. Well, smart hitter sitting on it. And and I think that's what teams like the Giants and Dodgers, they're smart. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to be willing to let the fastball come right down the middle. And if, you know, if you break up your plan and you don't do what they're expecting, they'll walk back to the dugout. But if they get a slider they can hit and they're sitting on it, you know, they're going to try to do damage. Um, so that, that's hitters. like the cat and mouse. Yeah, the discipline hitters. It's you face a young team 
and you come mm-hmm. up and throw 12 sliders in a row, they're still thinking in their head, I'm going to eventually get a fastball. I'm going to be ready for it. These smart teams that have been around, they will go up and they will sit slider first pitch through the whole bat. You yeah. can throw three straight. I mean, you've seen it happen to guys like Miguel Cabrera, Manny Ramirez, guys in the day that were known to hunt a specific pitch. Mm-hmm. They come up in a big situation and get three fastballs down the middle and strike out, walk back to the dugout. Nobody understands what happened. Right. But, uh, you know, as an experienced player, you're looking at it like, oh, he was selling out. If he would have thrown him a slider there, we had a tie game. And yeah. I think that's what the smart teams are going to do against this Braves fan because there's three guys, well, even four guys at the end with Matzik. He barely ever throws his slider. So you got mm-hmm. four guys that have one dynamite pitch um, that, you know, teams are going to sit on. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a perspective that people don't get watching. You're right. They, they don't understand why he let that pitch go. What are you looking for? That kind of thing. Because he was smart. And, yeah. and that pitcher, you know, I mean, that's why it helps having a good catcher behind the plate because you can read those swings. Mm-hmm. When you throw a fastball down the middle in an off-speed count and, you know, you see Freddie do it all the time, fouls it into that third-base dugout. Yeah. You know, he was looking for something else. And those right. smart hitters, you know, they do that. And so if you have a catcher back there, that can really read that body language and read what they're doing. They'll call the right pitch. But if you got a catcher going to autopilot and he just thinks, well, slider's the best pitch. Let me call it again because yeah. we got two strikes. You know, you're, you're usually okay. But if you hang it and they're looking for it, you know, you're going to, it's, it's going to be damaged. And that's another thing people don't ever think of when they're trying to understand why catching the priority is not hitting and any hitting you get from them is a bonus, but that what they do behind the plate is so essential. They can't see why a guy like vote is any good because he doesn't hit, you know? Right. And they, and, and maybe he doesn't block better than other good catchers, but there's so much more to it. What you're talking yep. about is stuff that we just can't see on TV. That right. is so crucial. It's crucial. And it, like, you'll see it a lot of times, you know, a pitcher will throw three, four straight fastballs hitters late, 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 you know, a, a younger catcher will think, yeah. well, we've thrown four straight fastballs. We got to mix it up. Cause he's going to catch up to that. A, a smart catcher will sit back there and be like, all right, if he's missing that one, because that was right down the middle at 93, yeah, he's definitely sitting soft here. We got to stay firm with him, maybe get it a little higher, maybe get it off the plate a little more or inside, and they'll pick a good spot for that same pitch. But they're able to read the hitter's approach and 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 think ahead of the hitter instead of reacting to the hitter where you get caught. Yeah. And that's why catchers can stick around. Some of them, you know, when, when people say, oh, he must have pictures of the – no, no, he just does the, the things you can't see on TV. Yep. He does them well. And there's never a highlight reel of, you know, look at what everybody thinks you should have thrown here and and vote put yeah. down fastball in. Even though fastball in didn't make any sense, you know, according to numbers or, or sequences, he right. saw something in the hitter that told him, this guy's definitely selling out slider. We need to start a fastball out of where a slider would start for a strike and let that thing ride in on their hands versus, you know, trying to make a perfect pitch with the slider. Because when a hitter's sitting on an off-speed pitch, mm-hmm. you either have to make a perfect one, throw it out of the zone, and maybe it's an easy take. But if you're off a little bit and hang that thing middle in instead of down and away, you know, yeah. it, it's going to be damaged. That's why we don't have in baseball years where they talk about, like, the wave of shortstops. And you look around and there's – 10 shortstops in the majors who have three years or fewer a couple of years ago, three years or fewer experience. They're the best at their positions. That never happens at catcher. No, There are never even five or six rookie catchers at one time in the major leagues. They're just so hard. You know, you can't learn that stuff in triple a either because guys can sit on pitches and they can't execute yet. Or you're not, you're not seeing hitters 
that are able to, I mean, I remember an at bat Manny Ramirez had against us against Chris Rizma and everybody knew he was sitting change up and he just kept pounding fastballs. Manny probably fouled off like 12 fastballs. Yeah. And I remember watching it and, and I'd heard about Manny, you know, I wasn't that developmentally in the game yet, but I was like, I heard he sits on pitches. I wonder if he's sitting on a change up here. And it was a long at bat and, and Manny was able to just keep fouling off fastballs until he got that change up he was looking for. Cause that was Reesma's go-to pitch. But yeah. he started that bat looking for it. If it would have been, oh, oh, he might have torched it, but he didn't get one until 12, 13 pitches in that bat. Finally got it and hit it a mile over the green monster and just stood there, you know, for five minutes. Cause I mean, he had executed his whole plan, but I mean, that's the stuff that's, that's kind of hard to appreciate. Yeah. And. You know, those were the kind of bats you liked, and uh, Marquecas had them all the time. Yep. Freddie Freeman does it all the time, where he will, and Ozzy fouls off a ton of pitches in two with two strikes. But Freddie yeah. gets up there and has these at bats. He had one the other day, where he's got two strikes on him, and he just fouls off like four, four five straight pitches, and then laces a ball to right field. Yep. You know, and that just separates the the, the good, experienced hitters from you know the younger. Maybe there's younger, really talented guys, but you don't see them having at bats like that, grinding out those at bats. Yeah, and that's that's why you sometimes see a a really established veteran hitter look stupid because they threw the wrong pitch. You know, it was like the the pitcher messed up and didn't stick to his plan, right? And that messed the hitter up. They wind up, you know, they know when he gets a three two, he's throwing a split, and they're thinking ahead, they're sitting on it, and then for whatever reason, you know, that's why it helps to have that catcher back there. Yeah. Molina saw something and he calls a backdoor slider that the pitcher never throws and it just locks him up and, and you know, breaks over for an easy strike. And in the, the, in the stands, you're sitting there like, how can he take that? You know, yeah. caught two thirds of the plate. But there's such a cat and mouse going on that's hard to appreciate if you don't know, you know, what the hitter's really thinking, you know, trying to do. Those are the ones where the hitter doesn't really break slam the helmet or anything just says up oh, got me walks back to the dugout that's it yeah or you, you see the hitter do this you know and they're just like it doesn't make sense that he'd yeah. throw that there so they, they'd eliminated <laughs> that pitch and then there it was and they're just like of course he throws the first backdoor slider he's thrown in three months to me you know and yeah. they're just like nothing i can do about that guys let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show speaking of freddie he hit his 30th home run of the season on his birthday uh, this weekend, on his 32nd birthday. I was kind of shocked that he's played 12 games on his birthday, which means he's played a game on his birthday every year, beginning with his September call-up, which he played on his 21st birthday, 0 for 1. <laughs> but he's had like 450 with three homers on his birthday. Um, asked Snit about it after the game. First asked him about you know having so much power up and down the lineup. And Snit said, yeah. What, what a luxury that was. He said, oh, my God, yeah. And he goes, and Freddie's got that easy power the other way. Freddie Homer at left field, and it was, it was a beauty. And he, he just it, missed the ball the other day, too. Yeah. He said, I mean, he just stays inside the ball so good and stays with his approach. He just amazes me with how he never deviates from his approach. He never throws in a bad way. And how he stays with his approach and what he wants to do, I think young hitters should look at that. That's come over time. He didn't just show up here with that and how special he is. I was talking to BMAC about that. Must have been 2000. It was the year we started this thing. So I don't know, maybe two, three, four years ago before Freddie took that next step. 
because mm-hmm. he was always good. But I was talking to BMAC about him. I said, you think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? And he said, I think he's got the chance, but he gives away some at-bats. Uh-huh. Where he was saying, Freddie, come up sometimes and swing first pitch and pop out. He goes, right. if you watch him when the game's on the line, that the person he turns into and the bats he has when the game's on the line, if he can bring that intensity to every at-bat, yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And it was like the next year or the – a month later, he he started. He took it to another level, and he's been that guy since. Yeah, he had, that was a, a few years ago. He had a dreadful slump, and it wasn't like the earlier this year when he when he wasn't getting numbers, but he was hitting the ball hard, and we saw him hitting the ball hard. He had a stretch for like a month, three weeks, uh, a few years ago, where he just looked lost. Yeah, and it was like, what is going on with this guy, man? And he doesn't have those anymore. No. He just doesn't. So. No, he comes up. He's one of the last guys in the league I want to face with the game on the line. I think I faced him twice, and one of them was a pretty good at bat for me. I made just really good pitches, but one of them was it was kind of what I was talking about. He came up looking for the sinker in, mm-hmm. and I got you know slider, slider, fastball, four seamer off the plate. We got to two two, and it was like all right, he's seen everything away. Let me come in on him, and yeah. I missed a little bit, and it was like middle in but he was trying to shoot it out to left center and it just missed his barrel. He flew out to the track at uh, Turner field. But I remember getting out of that bat, just exhausted mentally. <laughs> like, shit, I, I had <laughs> yeah. nothing left for this guy. You know, I, I showed him everything I had and he still barreled my best pitch to dead center and almost got me. That was, that's what the best hitters do huh? the chipper Jones is facing them. You're exhausted after you face done with it. And you're just like, thank God that's over because the good pitches I made, he fouled off and, that's so frustrating when when you know what the pitch is, you make the right pitch, you throw your best slider, you get it on the corner, and you could tell you have them fooled, but they're able to just keep their hands back and, and yeah. stay balanced enough where they can just reach out and tap it and make you go again. And eventually, you know, if they keep you in that at bat, eventually you're going to make a mistake. And I did, and he he just missed it. But I remember finishing that at bat like I didn't know he was that good. I thought he was good, but I didn't know. I didn't know he was that good. Freddie can keep his hands in, man, and go the other way better than just about anybody right now in the game. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned Manny a couple of times. People, it gets lost under because Manny did some stupid things, some yeah. silly things, had fun all the time, was a goofball. People forget how great, great a hitter he was, man. Ooh. Good Lord. I that think dude. He's, he's had some steroid allegations too, so that oh, probably yeah, that's what's it, keeping him out. That's what's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. But just the pure ability. I mean, he's another guy that has that opposite field power. Mm-hmm. If you have opposite field power, a really smart approach, and you're willing to sit on a pitch and sell out and and eliminate pitches like he could. Yeah. I mean, like that home run he hit off a of K Rod. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He was. I'm trying to think who's comparable to him in the game today. I can't High really come average, up. big power to everything. Him and Miguel Cabrera for me are guys that you're just like. Yeah. Hope I oh, I hope the lineup turns over in a way where I don't pitch against those guys today. Yeah, Acuna is maybe the first guy, uh, the guy that does it more consistently than anybody to me. Uh, that hits home runs to right field like a left-handed pull hitter. Oh, just bombs! And I, I think that that Miggy was the master of that. If Acuna can, you know, because he's people forget he's still like young and learning the league and everything. Oh yeah. If he gets to the point where where Manny and Miguel Cabrera were, where they were sitting on pitches, 
Yeah. If he gets to that point where he's he going that. No, he's just reacting. He's just mm-hmm. so damn good. Maybe he is. I'm, or, or maybe he's slowly learning and doing all that. But for me, he's just so talented and has so much bat speed. He can just cover everything. Yeah. But you still got a chance to get him out if you execute really well and, and have a good sequence. If he can get up to the point where he can sit on a certain pitch, because if he's sitting on a pitch, he could pull it or, or hit it out the other way. Mm-hmm. He'd be an impossible at bat. And I think he will be in the future. Asked Max Freed, who pitched that day, on Freddie hitting his uh, lining the opposite field homer for his 30th home run. And uh, Max said, he's the MVP. When you see him drive the ball like that the other way, you can see things are getting back on track. He's one of the most dangerous hitters in the league. It's just a matter of time before he takes back off again. It's really awesome to see. And asked Charlie about uh, – because Charlie's been around, obviously faced some of the faced the best hitters in the game during this era. Played with plenty of them in Houston, and Tampa, and, uh, Philly for a year. Um, Astra and Pirates before that, when they had I think McCutch, yeah, uh, McCutch's MVP year. I have to go back and look at it, but I think it was on Freddie's ninth inning at bat. Charlie, I asked him about it. How the, if if that's what separates him from other hitters? That consistency of those kind of at bats. And Charlie had a great quote, as he often does. Really thoughtful, thinks about it for a second, speaks slowly, doesn't use any kind of cliches, just says what's exactly what he's thinking. He says, yeah. I've been really fortunate to watch some MVP seasons. I've been able to watch MVP players, lots of pro hitters, and those guys are just a different breed, just day in, day out, month in, month out, season by season. There's just something about those guys. I don't know, they just have a – a set way of doing things. They know exactly what they're trying to do. They're very disciplined, very talented, obviously. So yeah, watching Freddie is no different. He's just an elite hitter. He is. <laughs> yeah. I, he's. I think he's. You know, I didn't play with Chipper at Chipper's peak, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm going to say Chipper at his peak was probably better, but. <laughs> As far as like the guys I've played with and seen on the field, Yoenis Cespedes has had a streak where he was like that, but I've seen his other, you know, his other years. Right. I don't know that I've played with a hitter better than Freddie. Yeah, I think I think Chipper at his peak is probably is is better, a little bit better. But I'll give Freddie this. He's the most consistent. Yeah. I mean, he's he's now in his 32. And Chipper didn't really start breaking down until about that age too, and he kept playing, you know. Uh but we'll see about Freddie if he keeps playing because he plays every day. Every day. Uh, the d- position maybe not as demanding as third, but it's still, it's hard. And he's out there playing every day. Hard. And hitting for a high average OBP. His numbers are so similar to Chippers as far as 300, 400, 500. Yeah. Real similar. You know, he's just got to do it for a lot more years like Chipper did. But yeah, I think he has his chance to be, to do, have more, have more elite seasons maybe than Chipper. But I mean, Chipper for reason is Thanks, Chipper first Jones. ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, it's it's another level to to yeah. get to what he did. But there, yeah, there's no shame in being slightly below Chipper if you are. No, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just what I'm saying. Is I'm and sure he's a switch hitter obviously is good. For if I side. play with Chipper in his prime, I, it'd be hands down, no yeah. question. But when I play with Chipper, he was kind of. Right. Toward the end. And he was still an unbelievable hitter. Like you'd watch him have those at bats with the game on the line. Yeah. And you could tell Chipper was sitting on a pitch. I remember him uh walking off Papelbon on a split and just yeah. knowing if if he comes with the split here, Chipper's ready. And he did. Yeah. He walked him off. But 
I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it, they're so good and they're so good at executing when they get their pitch that you know if this guy makes a mistake with the pitch he's looking for, the game's over. Uh, there's not a lot of guys you feel that way with that can yeah. get the pitch and never miss it. And look at Pujols. We thought he was broken down with the Angels, but he still can contribute, man. He's yeah. The Dodgers, the best team, I mean, you know, second-best team in baseball, are Have playing him. For him. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they're not doing it out of courtesy. They thought he could help them, and he's helping them. So, well, and he, he is that, he, did he is twenty pounds overweight. Yeah. He, go ahead. Oh, oh, just that that playoff homer he hit off of Brad Lidge. Yeah. <laughs> it, he made the mistake with the slider, and, and Pools yeah. didn't miss it. But I mean, hit yeah, what five hundred feet off the off the glass or the train yeah. up yeah. there. Yeah, but he's 20, 25 pounds overweight. I mean, he can't run. He can't, you know, but he can still hit because he's. Yeah, and I think he's helped elite, that team elite. too. There's a lot of guys, yeah. and and I noticed that with Chipper when he would talk to the the things he would say, you know, when when he would tell young guys like that type of stuff. You know, he's going to the split. If you get beat by the fastball, who cares? But you know, he's going to the split. Just wait on it, right? Because you know he's going to it, and and a lot of young hitters get caught up in if a guy has that dynamite pitch, you know, that wipeout slider, killer split. They get caught up and I still have to be ready for the fastball and to have the confidence to just say, if I'll get beat by the fastball or maybe foul it off, but I'm eliminating a pitch here. And then you get one shot, you know, those, those elite closers, they might make one mistake with that slider or throw it somewhere where you can handle it one pitch in that bat. And those elite guys are just, they're able to handle it like every time they get it, it seems like. And that's, that's another time when you see guys throw their bat down. Yeah, you know they fly out to the track and in a nine pitch at bat or something, and they're they're not just pissed because because they popped out to, or they flew out right. to the track. They're pissed because their plan worked. They, they got, got the their pitch. pitch and then they just missed it. Yeah, so they had a hell of a bat and then missed just missed it. I did everything I was trying to do, and baseball is just a hard game. Yeah, man, what a luxury to have to be an elite player coming up. And having an elite guy still playing with the team to help you with little stuff like that that'll stick yeah. with you forever. That 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 most hitting coaches just can't. It's a different thing coming from a guy that did it at that level. I mean, right, and could do it. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing when somebody tells you you're going to get a split, but it's another thing to watch Chipper go out and do it. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, if if you got a guy that's the you know pinch hitter or something like that. And he knows the whole thing. He knows the whole plan, but he can only clip that like one out of 10 times, even when he gets it. It's like, that's a tough plan to sell. But when you see Chipper go up and sit on it and get it, you're like, all right, that's what the best does. And that's why he's the best. So, you know, you're you're a lot more likely to get on board with it. And a lot of those, those Dodger guys are giving Pujols a lot of credit right now. Good to see. I'm glad his career did not end the way we thought it was going to end. So, I mean, he's got a chance. Got a chance to get another World Series ring. Jesus, good chance. <laughs> How about that? He's on a Scherzer, Kershaw, Bueller, and Arias is throwing really good. I mean, they yeah, they got good, good odds. They're pretty good, man. With that bullpen and that lineup, and you know what's amazing is they're doing this. They lose Bauer, the reigning Cy Young Award winner. He loses himself. Um, Bellinger's done nothing. The former right. MVP, and look at him. I mean, so much talent. So much depth. So much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to their credit, they spend more than anybody, but they're getting the most out of it too. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're just bl- throwing, bl- throwing money away like the Yankees did for a lot of years. Yeah. If your organization is not run right, you know, and you're not, you're not developing because they've had a lot of homegrown talent too. Yeah. And they've had guys like Turner that they've had come over there and, and change their whole career, but you can't just throw money and win. Obviously the now there's show. a luxury tax, but yeah, you got to have good people running it. You have to have good minds and, and good leadership too. The Yankees went like a decade with the highest payroll like the Dodgers have now and never had a team nearly as good as the Dodgers had last year and this year. I don't know that anybody's really put a team out there like the Dodgers have the last three, four years. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember any. It's been a while. In this era, it's tough to do. Yeah. All right, that's it. We got a big series against the Rockies, and then the Braves hit the road for – the make or break uh, road trip and make or break in a sense that they just have to keep their heads above water and play well on the road. They don't have to go out and dominate on that road, but they just have to avoid, you know, going to San Francisco and get swept and yeah. then limp it into San Francisco, uh, slumping into Arizona and losing, you know, two or three games. And then, well, yeah, they just, they need to avoid a bad trip and they've been able to do that all year. They haven't really had yeah. a bad trip in a while. So dude, they haven't had a bad trip in a while. <laughs> so, it's going to be fun. we got 20 games left. It's down to 20 games. And if the Braves have a good road trip, they can start thinking postseason and uh, who they're going to be matched up against, I think. But they still, if they if it, if they don't lengthen this lead a little bit, they've still got that last week at home against the Mets and Phillies. So yeah. you want to make those games not so meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have to start thinking about who's pitching in the wild card game or if you're winning the yeah. division, you know, lining up rotations and all that. You Nobody want wants and- to think about facing the Dodgers in a wild card game. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, Scherzer in a wild card game is something <laughs> I would pay so much money to see. <laughs> I hope it happens. I hope they don't squeak out of that division because I want to see yeah. him. Yeah. I want to see him pitch. I mean, at Dodger Stadium. I do too, man. His eyes might pop out of his head. He's going to be so intense. And it'll give somebody else a chance at least if, you know, in that, in that division series, if they can't use Scherzer in the first three games. Yeah, that that's a game changer, and I I think that's something that you know I mean that that's what's going to make the Giants tougher is nobody obviously wants to play in that in that wild card game, but they want to make sure oh, that yeah. if they're playing the Dodgers, oh, yeah. I mean they're going to play till the end, even if they clinched with you know Dodgers had a rough spurt and they yeah. clinch with five games left, they're still going to try to play hard to make make sure the Dodgers have to you know pitch oh, yeah. Scherzer and in that game and and they want him burned. They don't, they don't want to give up that division. Even if they weren't bitter rivals, if it was just somebody they didn't care that much about, but they are bitter rivals. And then they've got all that, what you just talked about. It's like, we didn't do all this work. Yeah. Being first place for 140 games to lose it in the last three weeks after we've clinched a playoff berth. That's why I didn't think you didn't see them celebrating a whole lot after that last night. That was like, well, I mean, I saw some people kind of saying, that, that always comes up where it's like, should we spray champagne? You know, I think it happened one year when, when we clinched the spot with the Braves and we were trying to debate whether we celebrate. But it's kind of like if they don't spray some champagne and, and celebrate last night and then you don't wind up winning the division and yeah. then you lose the wild card game, you can have the season they just had and not spray any champagne. It's yeah. kind of like you get a chance to spray champagne, you spray it. And if you win again and clinch the division, spray it again. Buy more champagne, but you got to, I mean, every chance you get to do that in the clubhouse, you got to do it. It's funny. You see different, different philosophies about that, you know, and you see older players sometimes differently than some teams that have a lot of young guys. You just see different philosophies on that. 
You know, some try to be too cool, too cavalier with yep. it. You're just yep. like, yeah, nope. we're not, we've got bigger things in mind. Don't celebrate at all, especially that's during cool, the pandemic. But, but this yeah. is different now. Yeah, and that's cool. Easier. But it's a blast. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than than that. You know, spraying champagne all over the clubhouse, dumping it on your teammates' head, everybody screaming, like. And Maybe really, don't get hammered tonight, but but let's yeah. celebrate a little bit. And it really only takes you out of your game one day because the next day they probably don't put the full lineup out there. But then a day after yeah. that, you're back, you're back to being yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I think that I think they made the right call doing what they did. But plus, they had been they had been through some shit since they, they last won the World Series. In a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's you not better. like these guys have been there and done that forever. Only a few of them have. Yeah, I feel like it's bad karma too to take anything for granted in the game because they they might not win that division. Yeah, you know, and and then you lose the wild card game, and you go home, and you had a great season and didn't celebrate at all. I think they'd be different if this had been right after they won the three World Series in five years. Yeah, but, I was wondering, you know, how Posey, you know, Posey, Crawford, Belt, the guys that have been there a long time, like yeah. they're probably not. But but those are the guys you ask. You know, you ask Posey, right. you say like, "Are we celebrating? What are we doing?" And and I'm sure those guys said, "We're we're spraying champagne tonight if we win." All right. 755 is real. We'll talk again uh, from San Francisco on Thursday or Friday. 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 Today's Tuesday. All right. We're out. Thanks, everybody. Bye.